Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm recording this intro on the road. Kevin's not here. I'm driving back from Lake Tahoe, man, through beautiful California. It's unbelievable here in the summer um, and most of the year, but the summer especially because you can take all these smaller highways through the Sierras and stuff that are normally closed because they don't shovel the snow, you know, highway like 4 and 108 and 120 and all those. Um, So I'm taking the extra long scenic route back. Um, So yeah, I was out of town, so we couldn't record the intro to this episode, so I thought I'd just do it solo. Anyway, um... So yeah, Tahoe was fun. Um, I'm going to be back there in mid-October. So if you're up there vacationing or hanging around or whatever, I'll be at the Improv uh, in mid-October. But before that, some other dates. West Palm Beach, Florida, September 15th through 17th. Come see me there at the Improv. Then September 18th through 21st, New York, New York City. I haven't been in New York in almost, I think, two years, which is, like, embarrassing to say, but I'm coming back, New York, New York, New York. Uh, Come see me at The Stand a few nights, and then um, New York Comedy Club a couple nights there, and possibly Stand Up New York. Um, All the info's on my website, nickyousef.com forward slash gigs. Yeah, The Stand is a great club. I love the guys that run it. Uh, The the comics they put up are are awesome. Um, So I'm I'm happy to make that my home again while I'm in New York for a few days. So come see me do some sets. Uh, Watch watch the entire show while you're there. They always uh, book great acts. So thank you again, The Stand, in advance for, for having me. Uh, and then September 22nd through the 24th, Raleigh, North Carolina. I know I was just there, but guess what? I'm coming back. Raleigh, North Carolina, September 22nd through 24th. Again, that's NickYousef.com for all the info and tickets and all that stuff. So, And then uh, Houston, Texas, October. I think it's 6th through 8th. I don't know because I'm in a car driving and I don't want to die. Um, and cause a forest fire with the flaming wreckage that was once my Toyota Prius. Um, so yeah, all that info is there. And then a couple, uh, I'm, I'm selling some, uh, uh, my pins are still online. And then I'm selling some stickers and ballpoint pens, like click pens that are all uh, themed after my new album. So those will be available on my website soon. And I'll probably do like a little package deal where if you get one of each, I'll I'll give you a few bucks off. Uh, All that will be up on the site soon, so check that out. And then this episode, um, Kevin and I got decided to get a little uh, introspective, a little personal. We're doing an episode on family, like things our, our parents taught us, things we learned from them either directly or indirectly. Um, so we kind of explore that for a little bit. Uh, we love all the positive feedback, by the way, on on the, the playlist challenge with Brendan. Brendan's super funny, such a great podcast guest. Um, 
Follow him on Twitter, BlackSab67, I believe. Again, I'm not looking at stuff. I'm, I'm going off memory. Uh, but he's a great guy, super funny. So thank you for all the feedback on that. We're going to do more of those episodes. We're going to have uh, Jason Tebow on to do one. Who He's been on a bunch. He's, he's so funny as well. So he'll be on to do one, and we're going to do more of those because you guys like him. We like doing them. Uh, so enjoy this episode where we uh, talk about some stuff we... We've learned from from our folks. Let us know what applies to you. Let us uh, share some stories. Uh, email me. You can always email me. Contact at nickyousef.com. Um, or hit me up, you know, wherever. Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, there you have it, guys. Thank you for your continued support. We love you. We'll see you next week. Some people, yeah, they are. I, yeah. Some people are like, because we we had both. Yeah, yours didn't get. Did they get separated? Yeah, they were divorced, but then they were still like nearby and around. And you yeah, I didn't have to yeah, like yeah. move far away. Yeah, but yeah, some people are just like, I never knew my dad. And you're just yeah, like, I was. Lo- I thought that today. Sh- oh, they have shitty ass. They yeah. know their parents, but they're pieces of shit. I thought that today. I was like, a, I was lucky to have two of them, which not everybody has, and yeah. neither one of them were dicks. Yeah, they weren't like monsters. No one beat me. Yeah. There was no like alcohol abuse. <laughs> right. Like I wasn't, you know, hit. Like it was it was mellow. They were mellow. They 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 weren't perfect people, but yeah. for the most part, especially when you compare the kind of parents that are out there, I was pretty lucky. Yeah. And it's, I don't think I've I don't think we've talked much about that on the podcast, you know, we've cited people who have influenced and stuff like that. Right. But like as far as my parents in no way held me back, I don't think. You know what I mean? Or I don't have any issues from them that like right. hinder my uh, like becoming an adult necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think... I mean, I guess I don't think I do either. There's no like uh, psychological fucking like bullshit, you know? Yeah. That, like some parents put their kids through even... But it, it's been occurring to me the last few years like how lucky anyone is to have like even pretty good parents because like once you get into your like 30s, you realize like, oh, you don't just like automatically know how to do that. Mm-hmm. You still have to just figure it out. But when you're a kid, you look at parents as like these professionals. Yeah. They're like, they're professional parents. Like, yeah. but you don't even know like why you think that you just think like they know what they're doing because they're parents but then once you're in your 30s you go like if i had a kid right now i would just have to like figure that out yeah there's no fucking school to go to or like trial and error that you went to by the time you finally have and you're like i got this it's just like let's see hopefully we're good yeah hopefully we're not pieces of shit yeah so having even like halfway decent parents yeah it's pretty incredible when you think about how many people have kids they didn't plan on having right? or just end up having them and realize too late, like, oh, I am shitty at this. Right. Or like, oh, it turns out the, the things that, I, that are horrible about me didn't go away mm-hmm. <laughs> when I had a kid. They actually are getting worse. Yeah. So I just was thinking in terms of like kind of stuff I learned mostly by example from my parents or just how they behave that I've over either 
I don't necessarily put all of them into play into my life, but that they've been useful to me at least a number of times to where I'm like, Oh, I got that from my mom from her, like being like that or whatever for my dad. The first one is my mother, as long as I've lived and there were times in, in our lives where like after my parents got divorced, my mom had like very little money. And a lot of times, like maybe it was like, I, you know, it was like our, she was like, wasn't sure if there was going to be enough. It was like, well, we'll just kind of, hope (laughs) like and my mother has always had this kind of calm like attitude that like everything will be okay right like just everything will be fine Mm -hmm. and she and i don't know if she believed that and like hid her like believed it and wasn't panicking or was panicking and didn't want to let anyone know she was panicking Uh but it was just like i worried about it as long as i could like i did all i could for whatever and then after that I just knew that in a way everything would be fine right and I think for the most part it has for her and even though I like am a person like I'm like a a real warrior almost all the time I think there's still like a base sense that like everything will be okay it may not be like what I want right or like great but it'll be like okay no one's gonna die yeah. like I won't be homeless everything's not gonna implode yeah nothing's yeah. gonna implode it's like it'll be okay <laughs> like and so yeah I can just at some point in the process of a problem I'm having or a situation I can turn off the like worry right just be like alright you've done everything now that you're worrying about you don't have any control over so just stop thinking about it as as best you can yeah and I think that's the thing I got from her, because I don't even remember my father even really discussing stuff like that. It was, you know. It's so weird. I have like the almost the exact same thing. Really? Yeah. From your mom or your dad? Oh, from my mom. Like, right. Well, I mean, I have it separately because of like when you're a kid and there's like money problems and stuff, you feel like, fuck, what if it, what if it all like just goes away? And there was like years where that was like, it always kind of felt like that, but it was, it they did a good job of like, not making that a kid's issue. Right. They were just like, things are fine. But like, you'd still hear about it and they'd kind of talk and you knew when you were like, hey, can we have this or go here? They're like, there's no money. We don't have the, you know, you hear that enough and you're just like, um, but my mom is like, and I feel like that's just moms across the board for the most part. They're the warriors and they're the ones who are like, and you're around them more usually. Yeah, you are around them more. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like always dad who's at work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I had the same fucking thing. But like, I'll get that in my head. And especially with like careers like this shit where it's like, who the fuck knows what six months from now is going to be yeah. like. So that that has its own set of similar worries where you're like, am I going to be living in a garbage can in four <laughs> months? Or like, like yeah. I'll go under a freeway underpass. I'm like, this is where I'd go for the first <laughs> couple months. It's quiet. There's a quiet one. I've been scouting areas <laughs> in Los Angeles that I'd be okay with living as far as like woods I'd be right. like, you know what? That corner, if you got there early enough and made that your spot, maybe right. you could get some sleep. Or like different residential neighborhoods. I'm like, I could sleep in my car yeah. like two nights in this part, maybe go 10 blocks that way. I'm like, this is like three months. Yeah. I could crash here. Yeah. There's a lot of trees. It's safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, that part's always kind of like working back there. Yeah. Which is weird. But I think I definitely get that from from my mom as well. But like, it's also just like circumstance too. 
You know. I wonder if just the way parenting works, if both your parents are there, if you like, you know, they're together still. If it's just something the mom takes on where she is in charge of, she knows all the problems that are happening, but she's in charge of set, keeping the kids like on like an even keel. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, but at the same time, the mom's also a little bit in charge of keeping the dad on even keel. Yeah. It's just like they're, they're there to like maintain like the household in, in more ways than just like, dinner and like get the kids dressed and take them yeah. to school and make sure you know like they're alive yeah. <laughs> or whatever while dad's at work um but yeah they're there to make sure like because that's just like easier for like the mom to do if she's not like the one working 60 to 80 hours because the dad's yeah. just not there to do that shit and he's too busy just like work 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 you know my mom worked my whole life yeah but still i feel like it was at least while they were still together it was like or more like even though she still worked after my parents got divorced and I just, I think it didn't occur to me till much later when I was a little older that she maybe had moments of struggle that I didn't recognize as struggle at the time. Right. But then in retrospect, I was like, Oh, she was broke and right. I didn't know it because she was like, start like changed her job because she didn't like it. And maybe the new job wasn't as lucrative, but she liked it better. And I was like, Oh, there were like, minutes where she was struggling right but i didn't know that because i was 15 or whatever yeah it's weird like they there's a a degree where where they let you know certain things mm-hmm. because you need to be kind of aware of those things yeah just for life later on you know they can't like keep you too sheltered but they also can't like dump the burden of like, hey, we might lose the house. Yeah, I a think bunch it's more of like times this year. Like, next hey, year. we uh, this is why you can't take karate. Like it's they have <laughs> yeah. to when you're like, hey, I'm gonna start karate. They have to explain to you like, hey, you can't take karate this year. Yeah, they gotta give you some reason, and they, they don't want to yeah. make one up or like they don't want to tell you like, yeah, you don't need to do that. You're like, but I want to. Then they have to give you the actual reason where, you know, and then like the little like life lessons kind of figure themselves out. But like. But yeah, I like I get worrying definitely from my from my mom for sure. Where I'm just like overthinking things and getting like anxiety or I get neurotic about stuff. I get the same thing from her. I th- I think that's because they're playing. They're stuck with both sides more than the yeah. dad is. Yeah, you know, the a dad can get away with coming home and being kind of like not super present if he worked all day. Oh yeah. It's just but like mom, exhaustion. mom knows every mom knows everything and then has to put up the facade at the same time. Yeah. It's a bit of a psychological battle. Yeah. It's just like fucking 24 hours of stress. And on top, like mine have like the added layer of having moved to a new country. Yeah. The immigrant like, thing too. The language, the culture, Maggie like shit. all this shit was just like, it's just 24 hours of stress and worry. And I was like the worst kid. So it's like, <laughs> do you wish you'd been like, in, do you sometimes be like, I should have been a better kid or you're just like, that was I me. Mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, I could have definitely been in like t- taken some layers of stress off of their already stressful fucking lives. I don't but. know how stressful I was for my parents to have 
I definitely sucked in some ways. Yeah. Oh, I do. I heard it in detail. Yeah, like <laughs> all the day. Here's why you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Not piece of shit, but like here's why you're a fucking impossible. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Why are you being like this? It's like we. It's like someone else raised you. It's like we didn't. We didn't raise you to be this way. Where are you getting it from? Uh, every family with more than one yeah. kid has that. Yeah, they thought I was getting it from Marilyn Manson <laughs> and other. Uh, bad influences that they weren't aware of that were happening at school yeah 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 but yeah that's what i got that's my first one that i got from from judith judith christie <laughs> yeah that i mean i guess mine's the same one um do you want me to go again then yeah my father it, my whole life like as long as he was alive he exemplified this he was always doing the right thing very quietly he yeah. never he never he was constantly doing things no one asked him to do and he was never he never stuck around to get credit for doing those things he just did them because they needed to be done and he had the time to do it or realized that no one was going to do it if he didn't and or it wasn't going to be done right if he didn't do it like right. my dad was an elementary school teacher most of his career at La Crescenta Elementary was one of the schools he taught at Verdugo Woodlands is that one well, the name Rodrigo Hills, uh, maybe elementary. Yeah. He also taught Dunsmore. Um, but I remember distinctly as a kid, one day we had to go to La Crescent Elementary on the weekend because he was repainting all the lines on the on the blacktop field. Like that was his job. Wait, as a teacher? Yeah. Why would they make him do that? They didn't make him. He, he was just, just like, oh, I'll do it. He just did it. Like That's so funny. the guy and there and you know the janitor dude who I think's job it was too was there, but my dad was there doing it too, and just like the the lines for like the track, right? And I was just like, is this what? And he was just like, ah, oh, they they they're they're you know they're they're fading. Kids can't see him, you know. Like you know they try to have like a relay race right, and the right. kids couldn't see the lanes. So I remember him just like he was there painting the lines on a Saturday. For just because it needed to be done, and he worked there, and he wanted it done, and it, you know, and so he was there on like his hands and knees painting, or wow. like a roller or whatever. Yeah. And me and my brother, I think I had my skateboard by then, so I was skateboarding around the school. I think we were there for like five hours or some shit. That's funny. And that's what like he did, and I remember him when I was younger than that. Yeah. He would garden an old like there was a like an old woman whose yard he would he he took care of. You know, he had, he, we lived in a house. He had me and my brother and a wife, but then on like a, every Sunday he would go to this woman's house and like do her gardening. Not for, and he wasn't getting paid. I think he just knew this lady and maybe her husband had died or something and knew that there was going to be no one there to take care of the yard. And she maybe didn't have the money for a gardener. Cause it wasn't like now where gardeners are cheap, but it right. was just like, so he would on Sunday, like take care of her yard just to do it because that's what he it needed I to be I feel like that's like one of those old school like guy things. Well, all, my grandparents were like that too. Yeah. I remember just my grandparents even after my parents got divorced, these are my dad's parents. Right. Were stayed really friendly with my mom. I remember one day they showed up at our house at like 7 in the morning and did our yard work. No one asked them to. That's I so think weird. they had been there and maybe were like, "Oh, yard needs a little work." So they showed up like the next day or whatever. And just did yard work in our front yard for four hours. I remember mom being like, grandma and grandpa are out front doing yard work. Yeah. I was like, yes, they are. Yes, it's they weird. are. Uh, these were, they were in their 70s. 
like doing this yeah. for no reason. Like no one said anything to them. They just did it. And I think my that's where my dad got it from. Like you just did stuff. I remember I after I was I because I was arrested, maybe after I got I got arrested once, and my punishment was going with him to pull all the weeds in the neighborhood of where we lived in North Hollywood. We lived in like a tract house neighborhood, right? And he made us go around the whole neighborhood and and pull all the weeds out of the sidewalks for a day. Fuck that. Yeah, it was pretty awful. <laughs> my brother had to do it too, and I'm not sure. Well, I don't know what he did to deserve that, but like, I'm sure I had he'll been ar- be texting you when he listens to this. Yeah, I had been you. arrested. <laughs> yeah, Jeff will tell us. But yeah. I think it was part of my punishment for being arrested. <laughs> I think I don't remember. Maybe shoplifting. I got busted for shoplifting a handful of times. Right. And and one of the times I think yeah we had to pull all the weeds in the neighborhood. Which I think that was the thing he was going to do anyways. He used to paint over the graffiti wow. in that neighborhood of his own volition. Yeah. Like, just do stuff like that. That's just like a community-minded person. He was a community-minded person. Yeah. And while I don't necessarily exemplify that... At all. ...stuff. <laughs> you don't near, leave your house. In nearly the, oh, not the community part. Uh, but the doing things kind of quietly Oh, part. you do that, for sure. Yeah. Almost, you do that too much, probably. Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah, I just do, I do whatever it is I'm doing. I just kind of do it quietly and that's it. Yeah. I don't necessarily tell people or or like promote a thing or I just do it. Yeah. Because I don't, that's what I, I don't know. Yeah. That's because that's what I saw growing up. You just do stuff. You try hard and do it and yeah. And then mom says it'll be fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Or worries that it won't. She worries that it won't, but she tells you it'll be fine. It'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I got a a sense of like selflessness in a way. Not selflessness, but like you do things for others because sometimes, like, if people like need your help or like want need something, mm-hmm. you just like you do it and don't think about it. Like, don't think about, like, what you're getting in return. So, it's, like, not, like, charity, but it's more, like, like, you, like, my dad has a good sense of, like, you know, seeing when other people need something and goes, like, you know, here, take mine. Like, it's one of those, like, here's the shirt off my back. And, right. Like, I'm not even worried about how cold it is now or, like, you don't have to give it back or get me a new shirt. You know, it's just, like, do you think that's immigrant-based? I think so. And it's also just, like, an old-school way of being i just wonder that like you know the struggle of being a first generation immigrant in america right that it's so much harder to even just get to the middle you know that you have such a clearer sense of struggle that when you see someone struggling you're like even if you don't have a lot you're like i have an extra shirt i don't need this shirt that person needs a shirt there's a great some there was a guy shivering on the subway in new york there's a video of it this guy on the subway, shirtless, shivering, and the, the guy just takes off his shirt. He's like, here, take this shirt, man. Yeah. Because he's like, I have tons of shirts. Yeah, I have a shirt at home. I'll just... I have, t- I have many shirts. I think he's... he's he Yeah, he's like, I have, t- I have 50 yeah. shirts. You have zero shirts. Take my shirt, man. Yeah, like I'll be shivering for 20 minutes till I get home. You're yeah. just going to be shivering till tomorrow or two days from now when yeah. someone decides to give you a... You or know. not, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got a sense of like... And it's similarly to like... I guess your dad who would just do something and not wait like, Oh, the thing needs repaving. 
that's just what I'm going to do. So like my dad would just be like, there's just things you have to do and you just don't really think about what you're going to get out of it. You just do things because it's like the right thing to do. So like help the people around you when they need help because they need help. Like why would you not? Yeah. Like it would be wrong to like, if someone was like, Hey, I need, you know, money or work or like help moving this thing or whatever. And you had something to do later that it wasn't that pressing. It's like, well, I'm not going to go watch that movie tonight because you need my help. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to assume that you're being genuine and I'm going to help you and not ask for your help in return and hope that kind of things work out that way. And like in my head, the way I like, I took that was like, like, you know, do good because you want to, you know, and then assume that like generally people are good mm-hmm. and when they need your help or, or want it, like, you know, reach out and help them and things are just going to work themselves out in the end, you know, yeah. like don't, don't, don't be like one of those quid pro quo type people. And that's partially why I, I cannot stand people that are like that. Like there's a sense of like, deception and selfishness at work there and there's a lot of that in like the world of entertainment and comedy and stuff where people are like you know they kiss ass and they kind of like see people that are like I can get stuff from him or her yeah so they just beeline and like that behavior is so it's gross anyway whether you were raised to be the opposite or not like you look at it and you're just like oh it's so clear what they're doing and they do it because they're gonna get something in return and when they don't they're like all of a sudden they're not nice or they're not friendly or they're not whatever and you see that and you're just like that's disgusting it's like why you wouldn't help someone just to help them you're always waiting for something in return and how are you ever supposed to trust someone like that in the future you know if you ever went to them like hey do you want to do this? It's like, are you doing it because you're expecting something later on or yeah. are you doing it just because you're a good guy? Cause I don't, I don't operate that way. I don't like, I don't think like, you know, I'm going to help you and then, or you're going to help me and I'm going to help you in return. I think like if we're, fr- if we have like a healthy relationship, we're just going to help each other eventually anyway for, yeah. from here until forever. Cause that's how we're, we are as friends. That's how all my friendships are with like my like real friends and stuff. I don't think of it as like a quid pro quo. I just go, we're friends and things are just going to work it's themselves out. You're going to help me move and maybe I won't ask you the same thing, but one day you're going to be like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do it. And it all evens itself out. I don't like keep tabs. And like, yeah. I think the people that do view their relationships as like transaction based as yeah. opposed to like, like, uh, like uh, kind of like an, a trust or emotional bond kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And the people that don't end up having more like healthy relationships with people across the board, you know? Um, and I've always seen like my parents kind of that way where like they don't ever look at their friendships or whatever and, or discuss people in any other way besides like they're good people and they care about their friends and family. They're, they're never like, oh, well, they have like money or this or like they're really successful or they're not. They just go like they're good people. You would never even know what someone they're talking about did for a living yeah. or what they made or anything like that. And like that I think is an immigrant thing. And I think it could go both ways because sometimes immigrants move here and they worship the idea of success and they go like, wow, look at them. We want to be like them. 
but others are are here and they're just happy to be somewhere where they have the opportunity to be anything but destitute and possibly dead in a fucking ditch made by a mortar round. You yeah, know? I think so. Maybe that has to do with the fact that we're surrounded by people that were part of our payoff is fame. Right. Whereas when you just work and you so if you help someone like my dad wasn't going to get famous for painting the lot. Like, there's no fame in that. Right. And there's no fame in, like, helping someone who needs help. There's just... Yeah. The only reason to do it is to help someone and yeah. then... And it's not even the fit. People do it in other, like, industries that don't, you know, where a byproduct isn't fame. Like, yeah. they, they do it because of this, like, it's just selfishness and greed. Like, forget the fame part. They're just like, I'm going to use that person because I'll make money off of it. I'll, yeah. like... But... In the end, like that sort of thing is seen by other people. They they eventually figure you out. And in the long run, you won't you won't reach a level of like happiness or success in the way you think you're gonna by using people. Well you're not you'll gonna get, you'll probably get some because you can like learn manipulative tactics and get people to like, you know, yeah. hire you for this or whatever. But in the end, enough people leak you and go like mm. Well, you'll end up surrounded by people where you don't know why they're there. Yeah, or that. Yeah. You're just like, does it, do these people fucking like me? <laughs> like, I don't know why they like me. Do they yeah. really like me? They're just trying to get shit. Yeah, and that's just like a fucking it's gross, gross way to live. Yeah, it's gross. It's like it's like when a super rich guy, like, I always thought about like if you got really famous, it'd be really. I'd have the hardest time believing any like anyone liked you for real. Yeah. That's why you gotta like, you have to like have a solid foundation and like a circle of friends before all that. Yeah. And and because by then you've already gone through the little trials and tests that life kind of just throws your way anyway with like your friends and family. And like you're going to know they're like, they're already there. All of a sudden you're rich and like, you're not around as much. They're not going to resent you. Yeah. If you're like busy traveling and you're famous and you have new famous friends, they're not going to all of a sudden turn on you. They're going to understand like who you really are and you'll know who they really are. And, you won't have to wonder, trust, or, or question t- their trust, sorry. Telling Whitney I had met someone that she was friends with. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we were kind of having like a who knows Whitney better friend off. <laughs> like, right. And she was like, well, you know dirtbag Whitney. Like, I only mm. met that person. Like, that person met me like after like I was on TVs. Like, you know, like backpack, like backpack Whitney. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess there is a difference. She's I remember like, that little purple backpack. Yeah, backpack Whitney. She, yeah. I remember, well, I remember you... You, me, and Whitney went to La Jolla together once, and Sean mm. Halpin was like, they should call it the hoodie tour. Because <laughs> all oh, you ever yeah. saw Whitney wearing was a hoodie and a backpack. Right. All, I don't know what was in the backpack. I th- yeah, I don't know. Well, I remember once someone, I think maybe Ari, Ari. pranked her. And, definitely Ari. And she flipped out. Because <laughs> I think out. I think her whole life was in the backpack. Yeah, she had probably a computer and like, you know, scripts and been notes sort of living and- out of it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Back but then, I think she had like it depends all. Depends when it was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, my mom, my dad was not funny at all. My right. father had almost no sense of humor. Uh-huh. Not like he was serious and like mean and cold. He just what he thought was funny. My dad thought. Uh, my dad to to the day he died thought the funniest movie of all time was Shrek. <laughs> he thought Shrek Love that. was hilarious and edgy. Yeah. Like 
He was like, oh, man. Edgy is he was the like, best part of that They're statement. really giving it to the Disney characters in Shrek. You gotta Edgy. see it. Edgy. He was just like, you gotta see it. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, fucking, yeah. he just wasn't, he wasn't super into movies or music or anything. Yeah. And he didn't have the best sense. He was just Too busy rebuilding the community. Basically, he wasn't a funny film, dude. Yeah. He just wasn't funny. Like, I never yeah. heard my dad make a joke that necessarily made me laugh. Right. But my mom was funny and is funny. And she's the one who kind of, Show me. You have to kind of laugh at everything, right? That like, oh, my parents got divorced. My mom, and this is was weird for a mom to wear. My mom got a shirt, one of those shirts that said "Shit happens," which is pretty weird to that see your mom. Weird. Yeah, it was pretty weird to see your You're mom like, wear mom? it. Or I think someone got it for her, but she wore it. She's like, "Fuck it, shit does happen." Yeah, she like she wore it around the house. So I'm like 14 or whatever. That's awesome. My mom's got a "Shit happens" T-shirt on. I was like, "Well, that's weird." Yeah, but it was like. You have to laugh, find a way to laugh at like the harder moments of life. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's it's all bad. So you if you don't find yeah, the humor in sure. stuff that's a little gnarly, you're fucked. Yeah, because there's always going to be something always. that's like not up to par with what, what you kind of are looking for, what you kind of thought the day or the year or the yeah. job or the, the whatever is going to yeah. go like. And you, if you're just too serious about it, it's just going to be miserable. Like the rest of your life is just going to be fucking miserable. I think it's also like it's a, when you take all the moments in your life that are maybe difficult seriously, it's a little like narcissistic. We're just like, this is so terrible and so awful. You're like, um... Yeah. Look around you, man. Yeah, like, put it in perspective. Put it in perspective. There's worse. <laughs> yeah, like there's uh, there's like if you're if you're alive to say it out loud, right. there's way worse. Oh yeah. So not like not finding the humor in it, I think is a little like it's borderline yeah. arrogant. And a little just like Oh, my life is so significant and awful. It's yeah. like okay. Yeah, I got a lot of that from from them too. Like they my both my parents have a good senses of humor like they're both funny mm-hmm. and they both make each other laugh and they both make made us laugh when we were kids and they were always like even if shit was like super stressful or rough they would just like eventually joke about it or joke about it kind of while talking about it in a serious way but it was always like there's always like a glimmer of hope in that mm-hmm. you know when you joke about a serious thing you know that it's eventually going to be okay because if it's if it's that serious you know you're there's no jokes being made whatsoever but like and that's why I've always had an issue with people that are like that's not funny and that can't be funny yeah. and this is a serious thing and I'm like it eventually will be yeah. because that's the too soon thing is like eventually it won't be. Yeah. So like, fuck it. Like, yeah. do, you know, joke about it kind of whenever. And if someone doesn't like it, it's like, just don't, don't tell them not to just walk away. Just be like, yeah. that's not for me. I don't find that funny. Now I'm going to go in another direction. You have fun joking about a thing I think is way too serious. Three days out. But like, I don't know. I mean that that's always seemed to work for, people on their own timeline so um i just think like having a sense of humor about life in kind of any way is like you fucking have to man yeah otherwise you're just you're gonna you're gonna be incredibly miserable yeah i remember having a moment with my mom that like after she was after she finished 
chemo and radiation uh-huh. and she was talking about how fucking miserable it was and and it was oh dude and i was like i would you know drive her to her appointments and and all that stuff and it fucking so a lot of people say the chemo and radiation is worse than having the cancer and having the surgery to remove it and it yeah, is it, it's awful and it fucking sucked but a little bit later and it wasn't that much later because i remember having the thought before i said it because I was just like, oh, I wonder if. But it's like, it's your family and you know the line. But I still was like, I don't know. But I've always had that like, that thing, especially with them where I was like, I'm going to make this joke. It might get me in trouble. We'll see what happens. Especially when I was in trouble. I would like, I'm going to make a joke and hopefully there's a now. And usually it would work, but then they'd still be mad, but a little less mad. So you're like, hey, <laughs> you know. But she goes, she goes, I can't ever... I don't ever want to go through that again. It was miserable. If I ever got again, I'd rather just die. Like I, I would rather just let it kill me. I don't want to go through the chemo and again. And I was like, I'm like, tell me about it. You know what? It sucked having to drive you to and from the <laughs> hospital when I could have been doing other stuff. And she just looks at me for a split second and then bursts into laughter. <laughs> and a part of me was like, this might be too far because it was a fucking rough deal for her but she fucking like because she knew it was so ridiculous that i would because i was there i took her i was there for her i did it and i didn't complain and i was of course i was going to do it yeah but she knew the ridiculousness of that statement and she knew it wasn't serious and it made her laugh like a little harder than she probably had in a year or two you know going through all that shit because we weren't really joking about it then yeah you know so making a joke then it like it highlighted obviously like how present I was during that and it just made her laugh like really hard and I was just like that could have been if I told that joke on stage people would groan yeah not that that was a joke but if I turned that into a little joke some people would groan some people would people laugh would go like, Ugh, but it's like the fucking woman who just went through it yeah had a blast with that and it reminded her of like how close you know how good of uh, how caring of a son she had and how she made it through this whole thing to be able to laugh or joke about it, you know? Um, I remember seeing when I went to go see Brett last time, Mm -hmm. he would take these like laps around the little area with this thing and I was like, he dropped something and he was like, Kevin, honey, can you pick it up? I was like, you're being a really big pain in the ass. Right, right, right. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. And he was, I was like, you're being like a really big pain in the ass right now. It's like, look, I go, there's all these people here. Like, you're really, it's turning into a real hassle, this thing. He's like, ugh, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, ugh, what else do you need? Yeah, he's like, like, Jesus, dude, come on. What, you need a blanket? Another blanket? Come on, Jesus, how many blankets? And there's plenty of people that would never find a way to have a sense of humor in those moments where like it obviously shouldn't be one big joke, no. it, but it also shouldn't be completely serious because you're just, you're going to fucking die 15 years younger if you take life that way. Yeah. You just are. Cause life like put through like a certain filter, it's all misery. It's all serious and we're all fucked. Yeah. But <laughs> you look at it like from that perspective, it's like, crazy shit happens a lot of life is out of our control but like one of the ways you put it in your control is to like laugh at a little bit of the of the shit and like i definitely got that from like you know from my like parents that fucking did not have a uh 
like a, a good fun go of it when they were you're like, taking the power out of it a little when you laugh at it you're taking away its level of ability to make you feel bad yeah you put take put you take some of the control yeah you know back from like all the chaos and shit. yeah yeah um yeah um do you have another one i feel like that was one okay um my father taught me to be early all the time that's funny all my dad you are early as shit to stuff i am early as fuck. it's so funny i am two hours sometimes i'm like why well i mean that's an audition thing where i learned the lines before but even that even without that okay today but you could learn them at home and then i don't know why there's a i think i get it's too easy for me to get distracted here okay yeah. dog and you know sure, internet yeah. or whatever internet, yeah. so but my car i can just set my phone aside and yeah. like l- do whatever you know whatever but like today I had to go to work to practice a stunt for no fucking reason. Right. <laughs> I was supposed to be there at noon. I got there at 11.15. And 15. I, I don't have to go through wardrobe or makeup or anything. I'm just going to practice a stunt in my street clothes and then show it to the director and go home. I still got there 45 minutes early. That's funny. Because And I don't, I don't remember. My dad never said, always be early. He just was always early. Yeah. Like, when he would drive me to school, he would drop me off. Inc- like, he would drop me off at Rosemont. At like seven fifteen. Fuck that! What did you do for forty five minutes, dude? I would just mill around the front Ugh. of the school. It was awful. It was be cold. Miserable. I was always the first one in the hall hallway. That's like, miserable. And I would be. You know how they was it? No CV. You could buy food in the morning, but not Rosemont. Yeah, you couldn't at Rosemont. But even once I was walking myself to school to get to CV, Rosemont was our middle school, by the way. Rosemont was like, what are you guys fucking talking about? Sorry. But when I was, when I would walk to school to CV, I'd still get there. It's I'd be, I'd be there by seven 30 just, and I, by the way, no one likes sleep more than me in the world. Oh yeah. I am. Sleep is my, is my lady. Yeah. Like I love sleeping. I've slept, I slept till 11 AM every Christmas of my life because I'd rather sleep than open a gift. Right. Like, and I'd still got to school incredibly early, just out of habit, just from just, I don't know why. Yeah. Like you just, it, it, that's just how I watched people behave. My mom was a super early person too. Yeah. But my father was just a man that was on time. Like if he, like even after I didn't live with him, like when I was living on my own and stuff, he, if he was like, you want to go play golf? I would want to play golf with the man, but I knew it was going to be in an hour that was so fucked and it was this is I, we weren't living in the same house so it wasn't just like i could get in his car it's like i'd have to meet him at a golf course in like glendale yeah i have to drive him right he's like well we're, we're i'm tee off at seven i was just like god so he'll be there at six fifteen. he's there at six twenty, hitting balls in the driving range <laughs> i show up i get there right about seven i'm on time right and then i'm just a zombie for the first half i can't even shower like i yeah. can't because he just wanted to do everything so early to just get it done yeah yeah, there's there's a level of comfort in when it go, comes to work, like being there early. Like I yeah. would so much rather be there twenty minutes early than like four minutes early, or heaven forbid, fifteen minutes. Well, I, get, I like getting to work really early to learn to so that I can know, remember. I like the, tomorrow I have to be at work really early, but I'll learn my lines tonight. But I'll also get there really early so I can learn them again. Right. So that I just don't feel rushed. Yeah, or you don't have to like work like think about that like yeah do i know this you're just like yeah i know yeah. it and then sometimes they'll be like oh we're gonna do this scene first and that was the one you thought they're gonna do second right and now you didn't learn and it it's and not a fucked. concern because nope. you got there two hours early. 
Um, it is a little funny. embarrassing that I get there that early, but it's just habitual. At this Being point. there early is like, it's just, it, it lessens the stress a little. It lowers my nerves. Yeah. That's why I do it. It yeah. lessens my nerves. I, this, I hate the feeling of like, I'm going to be late and I'm racing from fucking Los Feliz to Santa Monica. I would rather just like, say I have to be there at one, the feeling of like leaving at 1215 going like, I'm either going to be there four minutes early or 10 minutes late. Yeah. And you don't know what it's going to be because there could be an app. And I'm just like, I fucking hate, I would rather leave at 1030, get there at 1115, fucking grab a cup of coffee, walk around and whatever. It's just like the, the stress goes so much further down and it's, it's a like a better way to live. It's so better. It's mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah. It's a better way to live for sure. Um, I have one that um, I feel like it's my last one. Um, working hard. That's that's immigrant for sure. Yeah. And, and not even, and I have like anybody like can be lazy and and can procrastinate for sure but if if i didn't wasn't raised around that like you work is work and you have to do it mm-hmm. do it do it hard and get it done and then the the you know the rewards will will be there um if I didn't have that, I would be like fucking probably supremely lazy and would procrastinate. Like, because the times I do, because I'm human like anyone else, I feel such tremendous guilt that right. I'm not. And even if when I'm I am working hard, I have the I'm. It's never hard enough. I didn't try hard enough. Yeah. And every girl I've ever dated has that's been one of the criticisms where it's like you are way too hard on yourself. Right. You're yeah. way too hard on because in their eyes, like. And it's been one of the reasons where I'm like, may, I'm like, all right, they've maybe they're on to something because it's like they have all said it. <laughs> like I go, maybe I shouldn't be so hard. Not like I shouldn't work hard, but be so hard on myself about it. But um, yeah, I definitely got that from from my dad. But because c- he's just like you, you got to work hard. You got to fucking yeah. get it done, no matter how long. Do it right. Do it hard, and do it the best. And then, you know, um, but yeah, I do when I don't and hey, every once in a while I do, I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing anything today and I'll feel fine about it. Cause I've learned to just like allow myself. Like sometimes you just need a day to just fucking like veg out or just, you know, do something fun. Cause that like helps you end up work, helps you end up getting more work done because yeah. you just have, you know, like you're refreshed a little bit. That's been a major thing. That's been a help like pro- productivity. But dude, the guilt still like it's still fucking like will consume me if I'm just like I'm not working hard. Every enough. time I feel like I'm gonna get a day, I'm like today's the day. Yeah, it gets stolen. <laughs> yeah. Something happens. Yeah, something, something comes up pops up. Like, it was supposed to be my day. Like I get an email. It's a thing I can't. I have to do, and it, it gets yeah. stolen. Also, um, if you get a dog, like you say, you might. Yeah, your days are your your their dog days now. I well, I don't mind that. I fucking love dogs dude when yeah. people are like watch my dog or walk my dog i'm like yeah when where let's go like my best friend just got one and he's gonna be like you know me and my girlfriend like work a lot like our hours can be like long and he's like we might have to ask you i'm like i'm already it's already ha- gonna happen yeah so he's like yeah you can like walk him take him up because he's like a medium-sized dog you can take him up griffith he loves to like 
run and stuff. I'm like, dude, that's happening more than you're going to even ask. I'm just going to go, hey, I'm taking the, not, hey, do you need me to? Yeah. So I'm all for that, dude. I love, I love dogs. I don't. It's funny. They're pieces of shit. Yeah, that might get me to not if I have one for a few years and I go, you fucking disaster. Just put a little bit of money every month in the bank yeah. account called dog money. Right. Because one day you'll need it. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, my last one, and I think my dad stole this from Abraham Lincoln, mm. but he used to say, you're, you're only as happy as you choose to be. Right. I have almost in no way adopted this. <laughs> yeah. But conceptually... <laughs> If anything, you've worked against it. It's in. It's always <laughs> been like in my head, kind of. <laughs> right. Is he was just like you know, it's it's like it's this. It's sort of the same version of my mom's. Like everything will be okay. Is is that there's a way to look at everything. You can choose to look at every event in like two very different ways. Yeah. So you just have to like try to look at each event in a way that doesn't make you so miserable. Right. Don't take the the. It's fine to think of the worst case scenario, but don't sure. like live in it necessarily. Yeah, don't rely on it or like yeah. plan plan for it as like that's like option A. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You plan for it in case it's option B. Sure. But not that it's option A. Yeah. But yeah, you could look at things. It's hard as a comedian because you're trained to look at things with a, such a skeptical whatever and find the problem. Yeah. But yeah. That you're only, and it's interesting that I think Abraham Lincoln coined that phrase because that guy had a fucking miserable yeah. <laughs> his life was very hard. It was a lot like of everyone's death. was back then. Yeah, I mean, his kids kept dying. It was yeah. a fucking disaster. Yeah. But yeah, that you just have to be like, all right, I'm not gonna gonna be in a, I'm gonna be in a good mood today. So I've been yeah. trying to work in like it's very hard to maintain a good mood. It's it's like keeping a ball in the air sometimes. Yeah. That you just have to like not let you're like, nope, not to, I remember the only time I can think of a, a day when I did this was I remember when I fir- when when my toy machine decks were done and I was gonna drive to San Diego to get them because I, I, I got paid in decks as opposed to money. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was gonna drive to San Diego and I was gonna get eighty skateboard decks. And I was like, nothing today. There's nothing. I don't care what happens today. Literally nothing is going to ruin this. This is too good. I like this. This is, I've been wanting, I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> Nothing will ruin this today. And I don't remember if anything started to creep in to ruin it, but I think, I think I got contacted by like a girl, like an ex or something. Not in like a bad way, but I was like, nope, not fucking today. Is, today is not the day. Today is not the day for me to interact with that energy because today right. is too good of a day. Mm-hmm. Today is a great day. And that was like the only time I was like, no. I'm choosing for this to be epic because it's too important to me. That's funny. I, I willed away any negativity from that moment. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, that's like a good way to like, that's a good way to be about life. Like you're cause you were, I mean, you really only ever are, I guess. I, yeah. I mean, cause you see, I mean, we see this a lot with fucking these miserable, like, and I'm can be one of them for sure. But like all these miserable, like, artistic types that sometimes rely on that for a personality yeah. or whatever, where they're just like, life sucks and nothing's going to work out. And you're just like, I mean, no, cause look around. Yeah. There's plenty of people that are pretty optimistic. Things are going great. Yeah. You know, I find I've had to do that lately with a, a few people I know where they're like, I don't know, man, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm like, you're actually doing better than like almost all of us. 
Right. Like, how much longer? I'm like, I don't know the rest of your life. How much longer? Like, dude, how about just the rest of your life at this level will be pretty great? Yeah, you got to find some sort of happiness within, like, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, then, yeah, don't do anything. Like, like, quit living. Also, like, if someone brings it up, like, should I quit? You're like, yeah, do it. It's like, you didn't bring it up because you were, like, because you decided to. Right. You want someone to be like, no. Oh, you can't. I know. No, we love you. You're so good. Yeah. yeah. You're too valuable. Yeah. My dad told me once he was like, we were talking about like long term, like, like career and work and like what you want out of life and how you're going to do it and what kind of like dedication you're going to give to like anything you do. I just remember him like in a serious, like kind of sincere sort of soft way. He was just like, he was, he just went like, you only get this life once. So whatever you're going to do, like really do it. Yeah. But that like him just saying you only get this life once in that context was just like, like you're right. Like you have to do whatever it is you're going to do with like, like a hundred percent of you and you have to have that attitude. You know, you can't just like go, well, I get, I only get this life once. So I guess I'll do this. Like that's no way to like appreciate the life that you're given, you know, like, not, and it's not to say like everyone should throw away what they're doing and like go follow their dreams to the detriment of anything around them, you know, but like if you're going to do it, like you have to have like some optimism and like you have to like care about it and like work really hard for it because it's like you're only, you don't get to go back and say, I should have done that harder or better or I should have tried this or should have taken this risk. Like you just have to do it. Yeah, I read an article that was written about or by John Malkovich about like they were like how do you how are you so productive? And there was a part in it that I really liked cuz it I identified it with like a little. I'm not like on a John Malkovich level, but he was like I have drive but I'm not ambitious. Uh-huh. And I was like and his his explaining the difference I was like, "Oh, that's how I feel." He's like, "I care about doing a thing right." Uh-huh. There's like a version of it in my head that I think is the best version. I care about executing that. And then after that, I f- as long as I tried my hardest and did I don't worry about the other stuff. Right. In this thing, he's like ambition is like focused a lot on how other people are going to react to the thing you did. Which you don't have a lot, all that much you don't have that much control over it. Right. So he was like, "What I am I'm just driven." I'm driven to do things as, at a certain level and in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I, I just try to really try hard to get them to how I want them to be. And I feel like if I just do that, I'll be fine. Like right. everything else will kind of work out if I'm just doing it to the level. Like I trust the level I think they should be at. And if mm-hmm. I get it to there, it'll be fine. Right. And I was like, oh, that's that makes total sense to me. Yeah, that's like a very blue collar attitude to like... It's like just like do get in there, do the job, do it hard, do it right, do it quick, clean, boom, and then you'll be good. I made the best sandwich in town. People will find out about it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm good at doing this. I did this right. Yeah. People will know. Like I'll tell you know, I'm not gonna make a big deal, but people will find out I do something well and then I'll I'll be able to do it. Yeah. And like I'm reliable, I'm efficient, it's a good product. You know, that's a good yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and there's like nothing wrong with that. And eventually like yeah, people will recognize that to some degree more than more than if you were like, yeah, I'll half-ass it, and I guess whatever happens happens. Like I've never once. Good luck with that. Every time I have like an illustration job, every time I half-ass it a little during like the sketching phase, it's the thing they ask to change 
every time. Every time, right? Every single solitary time. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, not even like I didn't draw it well, but I'll be like, I wonder if it's a better idea if maybe they, it was like this. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm not sure. It's like, but that's the more like, no, you're right. You should do it that way. It's the thing they ask for every time. Could right. it be like this? Could he be holding this? Could this be what he's doing? And I'm like, oh, that's the thing I already thought of. And it's literally the thing I knew I should have done almost every time. And most of the time I do it, but like this, the, the like 20% of the time I'm lazy and don't do it. It's the thing they catch every time. All right. That's funny. Yeah. And in that moment I wasn't driven enough. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird how you end up like you get to an age where you're like, I mean, obviously, this is not included if your parents were fucking drug addicts or maniacs. But even then, I'm sure they said or did a few things where you're like, whatever. And then they were right because even fuck ups have learned lessons yeah. and have some sort of like, you know, insight or wisdom about, about life. But you get to an age where you're like, my parents were right about a bunch of shit mm-hmm. that I just didn't want to listen to or disagreed with and then came around to. Not everything, but way more than if I asked 17-year-old me, whatever, losers, you don't know shit. Yeah. Now it's like, there's a lot There's a lot they fucking knew and they, it's like they had, they've learned that shit. They you know, figured it out day by day, trial and error. I also think after a certain age, you just stop blaming your parents for stuff because you're like, look, I've known about this thing I have or right. this part of me for a really long time so right. it was it's been my responsibility to handle it for much longer yeah. than than even i would like yeah so i yeah you stop blaming them that you realize they mostly did good they mostly did their best yeah. yeah you realize that you realize that they were right about a bunch of stuff and you realize that you're more like them than you th- yeah. thought you would be a lot you know yeah it's pretty funny yeah, I'm an early uptight white person. <laughs> an early <laughs> an early arriving uptight white guy. Uptight white guy. Who needs to start repaving some fucking playgrounds and some schools for the community, man. Fuck this community. Get over there with the fucking white paint and redo that. those basketball courts. Fuck that. <laughs> this community can fucking suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how sometimes we're different than our Trying parents. to repave the inside of my wallet, homie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a uh, little bit more serious episode. But sometimes you need that shit. Very man. special episode. On a of very Webster. heartwarming episode. Yeah. Of occasionally awesome. <laughs> we'll see you next week while we're talk about uh diarrhea and radiohead <laughs> and pussy. I don't know. We'll figure some one of those three things might come up. One of those three things. I think T's on, so for sure. Oh, so all them, three of those all things. All three of them will come up in the same sentence. Will happen. <laughs> all right, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye.